I'm Ed Peters, and I welcome you to What's New. We move on today to the opening six verses of Romans chapter 7. Here in this chapter, Paul points out that the law cannot produce sanctification in the life of a believer. It merely shackles it. Neither can the believer produce sanctification in his life by depending on the desire of the new nature. Just to say that you want to live for Christ won't get you anywhere. You need to present yourselves to him, recognizing that you are joined to the living Christ. Now, here are the opening verses of chapter 7. Don't you understand yet, dear Jewish brothers in Christ, that when a person dies, the law is no longer holding him in its power? Let me illustrate. When a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies... She is no longer bound to him. The law of marriage no longer applies to her. Then she can marry someone else if she wants to. That would be wrong while he was alive, but it is perfectly all right after he dies. Your husband, your master, used to be the Jewish law, but you died, as it were, with Christ on the cross, and since you are dead, You are no longer married to the law, and it has no more control over you. Then you came back to life again when Christ did, and are a new person. And now you are married, so to speak, to the one who rose from the dead, so that you can produce good fruit, that is, good deeds for God. When your old nature was still active, Sinful desires were at work within you, making you want to do whatever God said not to, and producing sinful deeds, the rotting fruit of death. But now you need no longer worry about the Jewish laws and customs because you died while in their captivity, and now you can really serve God, not in the old mechanical way of obeying a set of rules, but in the new way, with all of your hearts and minds. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must do so in the truth that the Spirit lives with The Father seeks our worship in spirit and in truth, and now's the time to praise Him, real worshipers are few. Today we are to serve God not on the basis of the law, because we ought to, but we serve him because we want to please him. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Paul's letter to the Romans contains many revolutionary concepts. In chapter 6:14, he wrote, Sin shall not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. It would appear that sin dominates those who are under the law. Sin and law go together. 
The law was good. It was the expression of God's will. The fault was in the humans on which it operated. It forbade sin, and since no one could keep the whole law, man was always guilty before God. He was never guiltless. No matter how painstaking the conformity to the law code was, man could never live in total victory. So by the nature of the case, the law focused on sin. But grace focuses on freedom and liberty. Therefore, grace liberates from sin while law is dominated by sin. So in chapter 6, Paul focused on freedom from sin. Now in chapter 7, the emphasis is on freedom from law as a means of gaining righteousness before God. Paul was speaking from experience. While before he had his encounter with the risen Jesus on the Damascus Road, Paul was fanatically devoted to the law. He did everything in his power to see that Christians were brought to trial and preferably executed. Paul never forgot that sin of sins. His fanatic persecution of the Church of Jesus Christ without question of sin was directly related to the law. So in Paul's mind, because of his own experience, freedom from law and freedom from sin were closely related. He committed his gravest sin while trying to live under the law. Now, in good Hebrew teaching style, Paul uses an illustration to make his point. He uses the illustration of marriage. He wants to tell his readers and us that the believer's death with Jesus Christ frees him from any legal restrictions. Paul begins chapter 7 this way. Do you not know, brothers, that the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives? Obviously, when a person dies, he is separated from the law and is no longer under it. Now, here is the illustration of marriage. Do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to men who know the law, that the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives? For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. So then if she marries another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. So, my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we may serve in a new way the Spirit, and not in the old way the written code. Paul is not teaching about divorce and remarriage here. He does that elsewhere. He simply uses marriage to make a point. Marriage is a lifelong relationship. That is God's ideal. 
man was made to relate to only one partner at a time. We were not made to relate effectively to more than one person in marriage. That's the way God made mankind. Therefore, God presents marriage in the Bible as monogamous. That is, each partner is to be faithful to their one spouse. So a wife is bound to her husband during his lifetime. If she relates sexually to another man, she is an adulteress. That is, she adulterates her marriage and God. But if her husband dies, then she is released from that union. Death breaks the marriage bond. Now, just an aside here. I have great respect for marriage in the family. But at the death of a marriage partner, that marriage bond is broken. That marriage is no more. Marriage is an earthly institution. Marriage wasn't made for eternity. There will be no marriages in that dimension, nor will the earth marriages be enforced there. Marriage is an institution limited to this dimension on this earth, contrary to what some religions teach. I have great respect, too, for family ties and family relations. In family trees, I have an interest in them. But they, too, are limited to this earth only. They will not extend into eternity. So as physical death breaks the bond between husband and wife, so death, that is, the believer's death with Christ, breaks the bond which yoked him to the law. As the wife is free to be united to another, so the believer is free to be united with Christ. I'm glad that Christianity is not trying to keep a bunch of rules and regulations and religious laws. The Christian life is no more a matter of trying for victory than salvation is a matter of trying. There is a better way. Grace calls for trusting in the finished and satisfying work of Jesus Christ. We are united to Him, and we possess His perfect resurrection life.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.